0: Hey, what's going on, Clipper people? It is me, William the Opinion Updike. And I am positive Chuck Mockler. And we're your friendly neighborhood Clippers podcast. Just a couple of best friends and Clipper credential media folks bringing you locked on Clippers when the oil in the lamp runs out.
1: Close. Five days a week, uh, seven in the morning, kill some windshield time. And let's learn... How we can get past the Lakers. We flexed out the Kings preview because we just didn't want to deal with it. So we're talking the big showdown today. Absolutely. We're going to lead things off talking about what
0: we need to do well in that matchup as well as what could go wrong. And then in segment two, every single Friday, we like to talk the Pacific Division on this podcast. There has been a lot to talk about. Uh, it's a
1: very good division for a couple teams. So yeah.
0: we've, we've kind of been looking into the pick and roll numbers for Paul George uh, and the Clippers as a whole, but we're going to kind of contextualize those in the Pacific Division, look at who's handling the pick and roll well, who is doing it well, but not a lot, and who is doing it poorly. Uh, <laughs> and then in shavings, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about Batum and sort of like how troubling his loss has been and you know yet another game where we're not going to have him in this matchup against the lakers Mm -hmm. hope to have you back soon buddy and then every single friday we we bring you a love marry, quarantine basically we're ranking something arbitrarily related to the clippers and we're either loving it we're marrying it or we're quarantining it which means get it the heck away from us uh so all that and more coming up right about now you are locked on clippers your
1: daily los angeles clippers podcast Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, so it is Clippers-Lakers Friday night. This episode is brought to you by True Bill. Got to give them a shout out. It is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need. Uh, This Clippers-Lakers game was flexed out of national (laughs) TV because both teams are so bad, which is funny. And LeBron James is just playing in this game. Yeah. there was a false positive, or the NBA decided that he should play, and now he's back. Yeah, something indeed, so, something
0: fishy indeed was going on.
1: Hmm, quite interesting. Um, AD is also questionable with a thumb issue, which oh, would interesting. He's gonna play, he'll probably play. It would be a gig if AD doesn't play. This is a probably a pretty ugly basketball game. Um, but that'd be a huge swing if he doesn't go. Um, How have the Lakers been over their last 10 games? So coming into this one, the Lakers uh, have gone 500
0: over their last 10 games. Those wins have come over the Spurs, the Pacers, the Kings, and the Pistons two times. So not necessarily the strongest wins. Well, you know,
1: Clippers didn't beat two of those teams. (laughs) That is very true. Um, What we need to do well in this one, we cannot back down physically. This is not. This can't happen. We need to be physical with AD at every opportunity. Statistically, from the outside, he's one of the worst shooters in the league right now. So making him second guess his post presence would be fantastic. It's not going to be easy when he's locked in the post. We know what he can do. He has great footwork, Um, and he'll he'll be forced out of the paint
0: sometimes, right? Just by necessity of sharing the floor with sort of like (laughs) Westbrook, yeah, and Westbrook and LeBron, like not really shooters although you know LeBron can you know get hot from outside which would be a problem but yeah yeah, I think exploiting you know they have some similar they have maybe even more exacerbated spacing issues with some lineups than than even the Clippers starting lineup does so uh that's definitely gonna be something
1: to look at and he and Westbrook are starting to kind of find a rhythm in the pick and roll which (laughs) makes sense yes which hope you would want them to I guess if you're a fan of the team insane athlete great great
0: (laughs) role man it's almost like you should play the five. Who knows?
1: <laughs> that would be insane. Uh, also on in rebounding, we got to be physical. Laker opponents are grabbing almost 50 boards a game, which is the second most in the league. But the Lakers themselves are snagging 46 of their own, which is a top 10 number. We need Zoo to have a strong first quarter against Dwight. Insurgent um, Heart need to be ready for a physical night. And I think this is a great chance for Terrence Mann to have some chaotic, good rebounding stretches.
0: He knows this team. I hope that he has a little bit of comfortability. Yes. Uh, You talked about their rebounding. The Lakers do have a bottom, uh, just outside the bottom five defensive rebounding percentage. So if shots aren't falling, Clippers got to find ways to convert second looks. And they have to be a lot more efficient than they were in that Kings game. They were actually getting a lot of offensive rebounds. They just, just were not getting a lot of second chance points. Uh, which you hate.
1: (laughs) How is that possible? Who knows? (laughs) You hate to see.
0: And like defensively, look, Ty talked a little bit about, you know, hoping you you want certain guys to take shots, right? Yeah. Let's hope that that guy isn't maybe making the shots in this scenario. Yes. Uh, He brought up the Jonas Valanciunas thing again. Which, like, Uh, didn't
1: make sense when he said it because Jonas Valanciunas at the time before that game started was number one in three-point percentage in the league. Yeah. (laughs) So, anyway, um, they have like three shooters, right? Like, Melo's shooting 42% on six threes a game, Uh, Malik Monk's at 36% on four, and Ellington's at 39 and a half on like five. Okay. So, if those guys are at their averages, I mean, LeBron's taking like eight threes a game?
0: Yeah, but the Lakers overall are taking like a low number of their total field goal attempts uh, from three. So. You know, that might be something to that you kind of live with, uh, especially if it's someone like Westbrook or somebody like taking a three. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a shot that you're going to love, maybe even like AD probably as well. You just got to keep them in spots that they're sort of uncomfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're much more comfortable in the mid-range. Like they take one of the ten highest percentages of their field goals in the mid-range of any other team in the league. So it's going to be interesting to see like how Tyloo adjusts to this. This is a team that I could see maybe like punishing us in this sort of like faux drop coverage kind of situation, especially like if the rotations aren't (laughs) aren't, aren't really panning out. Uh, So, yeah, we, we just we got to control their shot selection as, yeah. as much as you can on the defensive end.
1: Absolutely. We need to take advantage of a, the free throw attempts that we will be getting. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> we will be getting these. The Lakers average the third most personal fouls in, uh, per game in the league, and opponents are taking the second most free throw attempts a game. Um, them, We will need free points in this game. We will need it. Um, we're going to talk about the transition in a sec, but let's hit our free throws. Will, let's talk about this transition kind of. This is going to be difficult,
0: yeah. So, what could go wrong? I, I mean, like, we have to shore up this transition defense. Like, the Clippers have slipped defensively like from that identity, and you know, it's no coincidence that that has occurred during the absence sure. of Nick Batum. Um, but we still got to get it figured out. Like, the Lakers are currently playing with the league's
1: third fastest pace. Ooh. Um, wonder what that'll be at the end of the year,
0: yeah. And you know, this stat isn't everything because it is, you know, sort of. An amalgam of the teams that you're playing mm-hmm. as well, um, but it, I just don't see a situation in which if we have 14 plus turnovers, like I don't know how we're gonna <laughs> put away this one. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like, and once again, like just going back to the the spacing issues, like we we gotta. That's like our best sort of defensive thing yeah. uh, that we can do is that like hopefully with some congestion, I guess I'll just yeah. say like no, in the perfect. in the paint for the Lakers. I'm hoping that defensively the personnel is going to be able to make up for the loss of the
1: Yeah, that's a good call. Um, There's kind of versions of LeBron that we've seen. We've seen mask LeBron, you know, um, we've seen like revenge LeBron. I'm a little worried. King
0: LeBron. Sure,
1: of course. I'm a little worried about I was right about the COVID tests, LeBron. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, This is an intangible that not all players have, but he has it. He's putting up 25 points a game, but he's taking eight and a half threes per game and only hitting them with 34% clip. Based on recent Clippers outings, there's a non-zero chance he just hits like six of eight. Yeah. But these are still shots, like you said, that we want LeBron taking. You want LeBron and AD taking jumpers. You want Westbrook taking jumpers. I'm not sure what the defense is going to look like against Westbrook. Like, I just clogged the paint like you said. Yeah. I mean, that's all we can really do. Um, any key, What do we got for these key matchups?
0: Key matchups, um, I guess it's just the offense versus itself
1: right now, right? <laughs> Dude, like, it's been so bad. We get PG back, which is fantastic. Um, but he's probably going to see, like, he's going to get blitzed for sure. And then he's probably going to see, like, maybe AD... Taylor Horton Tucker and Ellington on him. We need someone else to step up. Definitely, definitely. And like the other thing that's
0: kind of difficult is that you know this is the first night of a back to back. Ugh, I don't think <laughs> yuck that this is like maybe just because of
1: where we're at two division games in a back to back too.
0: Yeah, because of where we're at, not even just in the division, but like the skid that we're on. I don't know that this is the game to hold anything back. And it's kind of why we're, we ended up flexing. The oh, pre- give me
1: this win over the
0: win on Saturday. Yeah. yeah. And and it's kind of why we ended up flexing that Kings game preview that we would normally do in the second segment. Flex it's just out. because I don't know what the minutes loads are going to look like for us to hopefully put this one away or, <laughs> yeah. or how high they could be even in a loss. And I think that we might be looking at some more G League minutes that's like going to be a Ooh, little bit hard to predict.
1: That's a good call. Um terms of offense, we got to... Oh look, last five games, Reggie's shooting 29% from three. Luke is shooting 34%, but it's like peaks and valleys. Um, the Lakers' defense isn't bad on the perimeter, so the ball movement just has to be present. Like yeah. It has to be there for the Clippers to take advantage of the shooting. Real quick, Clippers win or Clippers lost? What do you think is happening? I think the Clippers might drop, drop their fourth straight. I think the Clippers are going to win this one. Let's do it. It's all going to come down to the transition is what it feels like. And which version of uh lebron we end up getting let's hope the uh, clippers can shoot the lights out coming up we're doing a deep dive into the the pactive pick and roll rankings bit of a uh a pick and roll week here oh yeah at it was kind of a fun time um well first we got to give another shout out to true bill do you know why free trials were new without your consent why it's a business scam oh my god and it's out to get you don't let greedy corporations pocket your money download TrueBill to take control of your subs Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Because a company makes subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in just one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. NBA. Go right now. Truebill. dot slash locked NBA. It could save you thousands a year, but on average, around seven hundred bucks. Truebuild.com slash locked on NBA. Okay, so we're back and we're taking a look at the pick and roll
0: offenses in the Pacific Division. Yeah, look, we, this has been kind of a pick and roll heavy podcast this week. It this was all spurned by sort of Ty Lue talking about how essential it is, and me kind of getting <laughs> and then going, "Wait a minute!" And, and and me just kind of getting. I mean, well, it's obvious, right? Like it's a huge part of so many NBA sure. offenses. But me also just kind of getting nostalgic uh, about this. There was a time when this was just not something that we had to worry about. It was one
1: something we relied on, um, yeah,
0: heavily. So yeah, let, let's take a look. Do you want to start at the? Do you want to start at, at start the best at the, or the
1: worst? Let's start with. Well, I mean, we, let me guess. Can I guess who the worst is? Sure, it's the Los Angeles Clippers. It is the Los Angeles. Okay, Angeles let's Clippers. get into it. Yeah, I mean.
0: Look, overall they're in like the 31th percentile of efficiency. <laughs> 31? The 31st, yes. sorry. No, 31th uh, is how it's done. But said yeah, for me I right. mean, look, they're running like 21 of these possessions a game. Uh not very efficiently scoring. They're they're scoring about 17 points per game uh in those possessions. So not terrible, okay. not unfixable. Um, just right now, not currently great. And also the turnover percentage being at seventeen <sighs> percent. Uh, not not great, actually, not the highest in the division, though. Okay. Um, so they're, you know, they're kind of like middle of the package there in the division. Yeah. But like, look, we've talked enough about Paul George and like his sure. role as a ball handler in the pick and roll for one week. Like he's been average to slightly below. Really, uh, needs to shore up the turnovers. Needs to we find all more ways at, yeah. to be efficient, or we need to shift to moving him off ball more reggie has actually uh fared a little bit better uh in these types of possessions he's you know building chemistry with zoo and like trying to figure uh you know his whatever lineup is going up that night uh on the floor with him uh so i don't know looking at reggie like he's i think he's around like six of these possessions a game right now i'd like to maybe convert a couple of his like Hucked WTF shots yeah. to like maybe a set where he can use the space because he can create space. He can draw a defense yeah. to maybe get an opportunity. He's a great for finisher a, for too. a big like, man or somebody
1: in the front court. Yeah, Um is some of this. Like, is some. Of, have we not talked about Tyloo schemes enough? We haven't because they've been kind of. We have been kind of rough lately.
0: And like, I wanted we to love be Tyloo, but oh yeah, absolutely. And I think. I have wanted to be more critical of some of the rotations at times, but it just comes down to Tyloo's hand is so forced that, like, sure. I can't really even be that critical. Uh, yeah, there's fair. just not a lot of options and there's not a lot of what you might call good NBA players in, in some positions for these pick roster. and roll
1: opportunities for sure. That's a yeah, very good
0: Bledsoe, I mean, he is just, he has really not been good uh,
1: in this area. <laughs> the note is so funny. It just says Bledsoe has been really bad. <laughs> and then underneath it indented, it says just not good. <laughs> Look, the thing is, the thing about this is like the spacing is truly affecting him. It's, yeah. it's
0: just like it it's not going to be great. And he also is, like, the number is really low, right? He's running, like, three of these types of possessions a game, which I also don't think is enough because, like...
1: What's the point at three a game?
0: My question is, is, like, if you're not using Bledsoe as a facilitator there, like, what are you hoping to do with Bledsoe? Because, like, I don't think that, like, relying on him to score as no, the guard is, is, like, the best move forward. And that's not even a knock on him, but it once again goes back to the spacing. Like, and why we, we need to him. find ways to, like, leverage his basketball IQ and, like, f- like facilitation sort of talents to, to be doing more with Bledsoe.
1: He's the point guard for the small-out lineup is what I see. He's one of the options for a small-out lineup when you want someone who can really collapse the defense more but everyone healthy and i'm leaving Kawhi off this list even because we don't know he's coming back but like you think about Bledsoe running point and the other four dudes on the court are nick batum paul george marcus morris like maybe even surge we can call it a small you know in quotes or whatever stretched out lineup yeah that's the lineup that blood is going to flourish in and that's where i think he was brought in but again like you said with Tyler's hand like we're, we just can't even do that right now. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. So, like, I mean. Because that's I'm, a fun lineup. Like, that small ball lineup with Bledsoe on the point, the defense is elite. Yeah. Um, and I'm not just being a Bledsoe yeah. apologist here. Like, it has, I mean, the fit has not
0: been working, and I can't. wonky. I, I can't put that all on the player, Yeah, you know. It's like when um, you get a
1: puzzle piece that maybe a cat or a dog has chewed up, and you got it back, and you try and put it in, and you're like, look, I know that this kind of fits, but it just doesn't look. It's not working. Yeah,
0: like. absolutely. And like, if we were a better rebounding team, like he would have opportunities like in transition. Yeah. Um, Very good point. But that's not really happening either. So yeah. we, we got to find ways to to make him a better facilitator. I think on yeah. the floor. All right. Anyways, so who's
1: the second worst? Second worst. Team in the
0: <sighs> I guess I'd probably have to go with the Lakers. Okay. They're in the forty-first percentile. So just forty-one. Forty the 41th, yeah, just a little bit better than the Clippers. Yeah. Uh they run about 17, uh like 17 of these possessions per game. Okay. It's only about like 15% of their total offense, which I guess is a little bit surprising. Another surprising you thing. I think they'd
1: run it a lot more with the personnel they have.
0: Yeah, with the bigs and everything. <laughs> but once again, I think that's like, a, it could be a spacing issue there. It's a
1: LeBron issue.
0: Yeah. Well, actually, an interesting thing is LeBron and Westbrook are, are both running the exact same, uh, well, just about, like within percentages of a point yeah. uh, amount of pick and roll uh, possessions as the ball handler. They're both at about like seven and a half of these types of possessions per game. Okay. LeBron has been better, uh, higher points per possession, lower turnover percentage. Westbrook surprisingly though does have the better effective field goal percentage And I think what that's coming down to, up with
1: this team. I
0: I think what's that's coming down to is that you're seeing Westbrook able to get to the rim a little bit more than LeBron, who I do think LeBron, and part of it has been through injury, part of it is you know age as well, has been having a little bit more trouble, sort of like getting by people and getting to the rim.
1: That's why he's taking eight and a half threes a game. Probably Westbrook also a lot of Westbrook's effectiveness comes down to is he going to shoot this long two or three? Yeah, where it's like just don't do it. Yeah, people probably think of your later career years a little bit better. So who's the who's the who's above the Lakers? Who's the third best pick and roll in the pack div?
0: Uh I'd probably have to go with the Kings. They run a lot of pick and roll. Yeah. I mean they're a super guard heavy team. Sure. Uh they run about 27 of these types of possessions per game. And it's like a quarter of their total offense. Shit. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh their turnover percentage is fairly low. It's about 12%. They're scoring about 23 points per game on these types of possessions. Which Keep I, doing
1: it, Sacramento. <laughs> hey, I
0: mean, that, that'll work. Uh, looking at sort of like the breakdown, like I said, they have so many guards. De'Aaron Fox definitely runs the most. He runs about 10 pick and roll possessions per game as the ball handler. He's above average, like not shockingly so. Like nothing that's like really going to blow you away. He's like in the, you know, the 50. 55th or maybe 60th percentile. Sure, yeah. Uh, the 61th. Average, lot perha- bad. 61th, perhaps. Uh, Davion Mitchell, though, actually kind of surprised me. My He's guy. been pretty good as a ball handler. Not sure how much like the game against the Clippers padded his overall stats in this area, but he's been running about five pick-and-roll possessions per game and averaging like .9 points per possession. So he's scoring on nearly 50% of these types of plays. Bring this man
1: to the Clippers in two years.
0: He has a sub-10 turnover percentage, which... Get him in the red, white, and blue. Which you know I love. Uh, and then, like, Heald and Halliburton have both been kind of below average. Like, it makes sense. It, it kind of depends on the lineup around both of these guys, and right? And Luke like, Walton was
1: bad with that, who's been the coach for the majority when these stats were pulled, too. For sure, for sure. And,
0: like, Halliburton, like, if he's
1: on the floor at the same time as De'Aaron Fox, like, there's not a whole – like, the De'Aaron
0: Fox issue is, like, what are you really doing with him off the ball? Sure. Uh, so that's got to hurt kind of Halliburton's numbers. Honestly, like, with the mixed bag of guards that they have, I'm not necessarily, like – I'm not blown away, I guess, at the number of possessions that they're doing. This it's also like a young team, and you can't really you can't do a whole lot offensively if you have a different coach every right. year. Uh,
1: True, or uh, one bad one for, or one years. bad yeah. one for
0: like multiple years. Uh, but I count that as a new coach every year because I don't think he was getting better. <laughs> yeah, there's year. no plan. It's like it's ground. He's like, what if we switched it up? <laughs> it's it's beginning uh, uh, each year yeah, again. Um, that's fair. But yeah, they. I mean, look, they they've been pretty solid. They're in the sixty sixth. Percentile, so you know, well above no. average. Well, I mean, above
1: average. All right. So between the Warriors and Suns, who's got the better pick and roll of the top two teams in the Western Conference and in the the best division in basketball? Suns definitely have the best. Should we make T-shirts that say the best division in basketball and no one will buy them? <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Cool. <laughs> uh, so the Suns have the best one. Suns have the best. That checks. Surprise, out. surprise. Yeah, uh, they have the best actual center in the division.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, a team with Chris Paul being pretty good at pick and roll. Not not necessarily a huge surprise. (laughs) But they are in the 79th percentile, so they're far above average. They're running about 21 of these a game. It's actually only accounting for, like, a fifth of their total offense, which I I think is probably, like, right around the sweet spot um, for, like, playoff-ready basketball, you know? And they're averaging, like... Just over .9 points per possession on, on these types of plays. About 19 of their total points per game. So, like, once again, you know, a little under, like, a fifth of, of how they're creating their total offense. Yeah. Um, You know, this is just a team, like, they have two ball handlers who can facilitate in their starting lineup. Uh,
1: Continuity, big help with the pick and roll.
0: Absolutely. You know, they have a bench with, a, you know, campaign who's a scoring first guard, but he can facilitate and get things done. Uh, you know, no surprise Chris Paul has been great in this area. Booker has been very solid. Payne has been above average, uh, you know, like not like pop your eyes out, but above average, but he's been above average with a low turnover rate. Yeah. Um, a weird note on uh on on the Suns pick and roll, Shamet has been running like one a game. And it's been decent. They're averaging 1.0 per possession on those and he's in like the 80th percentile uh, in terms of ball
1: handlers. Once again, very limited sample sure. size. All right, and real quick, what do we got to take away from the Warriors one?
0: All right, so Warriors um they actually run the least amount of pick and roll. Uh, that makes sense. You have of, Steph Curry. Yeah, <laughs> He's uh, not passing that shit. Yeah, <laughs> like of any of these of any of these teams, um it's like 12% of their total offense. It's it's really really low. Um the only reason it's so high is that it's just so effective. Sure. Um they score like 12 and a half points per game on those 14 possessions. Okay. So very it, effective. It it is very effective. Um but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if these numbers change at all like if Wiseman finds himself back in the regular rotation like once he comes back and is like fully healthy um you know Steph only takes like only has like six of these possessions per game. Mm-hmm. Poole and Wiggins are both at about three. Poole has been really good. Wiggins not as good, sure. Uh, but I, I think that it just goes to show that like, yes, this isn't a important part of NBA offense. When you have the type of offense that the Warriors have, right, that it's like this flowing. they game. don't need it. We have all sorts of like ball motion and screens and, and, and everything. it's yeah, it's definitely not
1: as needed. Sure.
0: Clippers. Do not have We need it. We got 2% so, of the playbook.
1: We need the pick and roll to be good. Yes. Let's hope it gets better. Coming up, we're going to be doing, uh, kind of talking some Batum stuff. Also, we have to talk about what happened in the Thunder Grizzlies game. We're going to talk about it after this break. Will, but talk to me about this built Bar. Look... You hear us talk about Bill Bar all the time. Constantly.
0: It's the best tasting protein bar on the market. But did you know that Bill Bar has so many delicious flavors, there is truly something for everyone. When you talk to a Bill Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. You get into fights, street fights about it. It's real. If you don't know the Bill Bar flavors, you're missing out. They got coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange cookies and cream, and German chocolate. Ooh, yummy. You know what my favorite flavor is? What? German chocolate. It's like chocolate, a little different. Call it the Harnstein. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. But look, I keep going on and on about the flavors. Not only are Built Bars the best tasting, they're also healthy. Check out these macros. Each bar has 17 to 18 grams protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams sugar, and only four to five grams net carbs, amazing flavors. All tasty, all healthy. And right now, we have a very special offer for our listeners. If you go to built.com and use promo code locked on, you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code
1: locked on for 15% off at built.com. All right, we're back. Welcome to shavings. We have, to, so this game just got over. The Memphis Grizzlies just beat the Oklahoma City Thunder 152 to 79. Oof. It is the largest margin of victory in NBA history. Hoof. Congrats to the Thunder. This was their goal. They would love to play every game like this and get the number one pick. Um, that's just absurd, though. That makes my chest hurt. That's wild. Yikes. Anyway, I mean, yeah. Hoof. Huh. Buck 52? Yeah. You ha- that's more than a load of laundry costs.
0: Uh, that's no. insane. A little laundry is. Yeah, depends $1. where you're going, at, of course. Two fifty. Uh,
1: well, if inflation, yeah. Um, seventy nine points. Hoof. And isn't that with that? And that is without Ja. <laughs> oh goddamn it! <laughs> that is without jaw. All right. Well, th- thankfully the Clippers have never had a uh, you know a large embarrassing loss in the last couple of years. Could um, happen. Could happen. Let's talk about this Batum thing. Is it kind of alarming just how important Nick Batum is to this Clippers team? Or am I just, do I have a losing streak mentality right now?
0: I mean, it's not really a surprise, right? Like,
1: But, like, we knew he was the second most important player without Kawhi. But, like, the gap between two and three in terms of second and third most important guy is, like, this big? Like, we can't even run, we can't run small ball without Batum. Yeah. Like, the, it's not in shambles without Batum, but like it's kind of close. Like, I mean,
0: like, look, I don't know if we're agreeing that he's the second most important player on the Clippers, which he, I think he is. He even, absolutely is. Which he is, even if Kawhi and Paul George are both healthy because they're like, you know, they're both t- in a tier they're, they're like, of their yeah, own. Yeah, and then yeah. Batum is still there. I so no, I like that assessment. Without t- two of those guys, you know, yeah. I, it's not really a surprise that the team is not looking so hot. Sure. And then is isn't a discredit no Paul to George Batum. in the last game too, yeah. like
1: So it's maybe a bit of the losing kid.
0: I mean, yeah, like I I don't know what to what else to say really. I don't know what you like I don't know what people expect to happen. Sure. I think
1: well, I just think people alluded talk- would- suit up? <laughs> I would love that. I just think like this isn't a discredit to how good Nick Batum is, but it is it, I mean, it's just gonna be—it's just interesting how rough it looks without him. We knew it'd be an an absence, like a, a big one to fill, but it just seems bigger than I maybe thought it would be. And part of that is Mook ramping up and Surge getting healthy too. But it's like are a you perfect more, storm.
0: Are you more alarmed because Batum has an injury
1: history, or not really? I'm. Just, it's just been such a wonky year so far. Like everyone who played in the bubbles, dealing with more injuries than kind of guys who didn't because they played more basketball than a lot of other guys recently. Um, and, you know, he played through the summer. He looked great in the Olympics. He had the most iconic play in French basketball history, maybe. With that block, I just... And this kind of speaks to what we talked about a little bit up top, but, like, maybe Tyloo's a little... I mean, it's hard. You have to rely on a guy like Patum because he's so good. Like, we talk about how he evens out wonky lineups. Oh, yeah. And he makes good lineups he's even that He's a great stabilizer,
0: and he was all all last year. So
1: you lean on that guy, and now it's like... Remember how when Doc was like forced to do weird stuff and it always kind of, it was like refreshing because it looked, you know, a little more inspired and a little more interesting and stuff like that. I think Batum makes it hard for Tyloo to branch out a bit sometimes because we just were like, well, we can put Batum in because he knows what to do. And so when he's out, it's like we can't experiment. No, but we can't. at all. But we can
0: no, we can't experiment.
1: No, that's what I'm saying. That's like, why it's so I mean, hard.
0: We can't experiment in a way that, like, is if effective. you want it to, like, if, if you're looking to do experimental things that you think you could take over into the playoffs. Surgeon
1: like, Zoo, four and five. This is not
0: <laughs> that team, and this is not that year. I still think there are things we can do, and that was, like, what I actually really enjoyed about that game of the Kings, even though that we lost, like... I mean, there are now developmental minutes for young guys, and it's not sure. probably going to equate to wins, but that's what development right. Unless is. Unless you play
1: Brandon Boston Jr. 40 minutes a game. Oh, I mean, yeah, we're getting of course. That every course. Time. Um, but we hope he comes back soon. We, we need him very badly. There's also, like, no timeline on this? Like, I, I, all I'm looking for is the, the classic L.A. Clippers team poses that says wheels up and then it's Batum carrying a, a Jordan bag like if he travels with the team I'm hyped if he doesn't I'm genuinely a little concerned um what's this love Mary quarantine we got to close out this week
0: all right so the Clippers got flexed on Friday night Sure. what are you gonna do <laughs> so I was thinking of what's some other Clippers content that you could that would maybe be more exciting than the on-game product that you could perhaps okay. flexin games
1: for. I like this. Just a complete local blackout.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Cool, sure. absolutely.
1: Um, so right. what do we got?
0: What what kind of Clippers content do we got?
1: We got to be flexing games. We got talking time with Ty Lue. Okay, this is Ty Lue taking you on a tour of California's oldest clocks and discussing their place in California history. It's basically Hauser, but Ty Lu and about clocks.
0: Does California have a lot of, uh, a lot of old clocks?
1: Look, I'll tell you one thing. I don't know. But I'd love for Tyloo to tell me about however many of them there are. All right. <laughs> what else we
0: got? Uh, love the name hate the town with Brandon Boston Junior uh, this is kind of like a travel show where a camera crew forces Brandon Boston Junior to go to forces? Boston not forces they take him around Good Boston they, they take him around Boston the city sure. uh, to Massachusetts explore its, you know yeah Boston Massachusetts to explore it's like local history and tourists significant landmarks sure okay uh and he hates it it's basically it's just brandon boston jr just roasting, uh, the, just city roasting of the city roasting the city of of boston for an hour okay and you know it's funny enough that uh terrence terrence may i can't even disagree
1: with him. he's from lowell you know and he's like whoa he's i got the key to lowell i don't got the key to boston <laughs> yeah <laughs> well that's a good one um f- final option world war ii history with oh, chuck God. the condor Chuck the Condor famously doesn't seem to grasp the gravity of World War II as evidenced by him giving a World War II veteran a wet willy during an in-game presentation. Okay. So to learn more, he decides to host a show about it. He is in the Condor suit the entire time.
0: Oh, that makes sense. It's yeah. Chuck
1: the Condor, teaching you about World War II. Wait, is he teaching you about World War II or he's learning about World Let's War II? Let's go with learning.
0: I kind of like that better. Yeah, he's visiting sites. He's learning. And he's doing a bunch of like, I'm making a... I'm making a gesture right now where he's like, as if a condor
1: his, doesn't know the gravity of War II.
0: Yeah, he's like shrugging his, his yeah. wings. Yeah, yeah,
1: birds have wings. Uh, uh, which are you loving, Marion and Quarantine from this?
0: All right, <sighs> I'm are, loving. I'm loving talking time with Tai Lue. This um, seems like a good
1: time. B roll of him driving a convertible up to PCH to go see an old grandfather clock.
0: It doesn't seem
1: wearing like, some looks. <laughs> like. it, it doesn't seem like he enjoys
0: like the media spotlight, maybe as much as our last coach. Oh,
1: unless he's roasting Justin Russo. Yeah. Um <laughs> so I would love
0: to watch him, you know, carry a show.
1: Any hobby show with Ty Lu, I'm on board for. Yeah. He's also like he's
0: he's a pretty funny dude. He's a funny guy, yeah. Um yeah, I think that that would be good. I okay, think, yeah, that would be good.
1: What are you, uh, Marion?
0: I'm Marion. Love the name, hate the town.
1: That's a good Brandon time. Boston Junior. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, you know, I I just can't imagine really a better time for me right now, where I'm sitting from where 7 I'm 21
1: at 7:21 p.m. December second.
0: Mentally, sure. <laughs> In this space, uh, yeah. Sick thought. Th- <laughs> than watching Brandon Boston Junior. Um, roast Boston. Roast Boston. Okay,
1: and then you're quarantining World War II history with Chuck Condor yeah chuck learns about world war ii
0: <laughs> i mean i like that he's trying to learn yeah he's trying to make up for what he did I which think was I need, weird i don't need
1: any more chuck content oh it's not world war ii it's chuck that puts you off any chucks okay <laughs> get a little weird. um so i i'm loving uh love the name hate the town this feels like a good time um you know makes the rivalry with boston a little more fun yeah um and just, you know, yeah, more Brandon Boston Jr. content. He could give, maybe give the Barstool Sports headquarters the double bird. <laughs> he eggs their place. <laughs> uh, he's also going to courts and challenging locals the one-on-one. Is what's oh, happening. yeah, why not? Um, I'm, I'm loving talking time with Ty Lue. Yeah, that makes sense. Basically, I just want diners, drive-ins, and dives, but with Ty Lue hosting it. Does he say things like "That's gangster," <laughs> like like did. like I fear this? Let's just say it's not the same script. <laughs> uh, no, uh, no, talking time with Ty Lue. I'd love for him to you know talk about like the mechanisms of <laughs> grandfather clock and how it maybe survives significant you know the uh, happening. They call them movements. And sure. Yeah. All right. See, I don't I don't know shit about clocks. I'd love for Ty Lue to teach me more. I think I got a quarantine World War II. Uh, Chuck learns about World War II history. Um, maybe not the time. Not the time. Maybe not the time. Chuck can do this on his own.
0: I was going to say he should do his own research. Oh, as I've heard okay. he did now about some other. Wait. As I've heard
1: he did about some other things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, okay, now we're getting into weird territory. We can all agree Ty Lu needs to host his own hobby-based show.
0: Oh, yeah. Or if he was uh, like an arbiter on, um, what's the show? Antique Show. He's like, I, I don't think it's worth that. <laughs> like, he's, he's, like just, no. he's just he's just arguing with the. He's like, it's guy. a cookie tin. <laughs> like, what are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> it's what he just gives him the the double big laugh that he gave in the press room did he when ca-
1: asked. You know what what's funny? <laughs> it was so funny that it was like, Grief that asked about it. I think. Yeah, what was it like two weeks ago? Andrew Grife was like, "What do you think about playing, you know, Surge and Heart together?" And Tyloo <laughs> cackled at the idea. Now we are just fully in that reality. Did that cackle open up? Something in the space-time continuum. We'll discuss it more on Monday's episode. <laughs> we'll talk about it on Monday. <laughs> um, Monday's episode, uh, you know, the games happen Friday, Saturday, so we, we'll just be doing a preview of Clippers Blazers for you that happens on Monday. We got the Luke Kennard progress report, Terrence Mann vorp watch, which has increasingly become a little difficult just because Terrence Mann has had a tough start to the season. And, of course, the freshies talking to the new guys. That's new guys coming back from injury. That's new guys on the team. That's everybody new. And, of course, whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland, Will, where could you tell someone to listen to the show if they asked you, where can I listen to a Clippers podcast?
0: Uh, You can check us out on iTunes or the podcast app. We're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Deezer. We're on Amazon Music. You can always tell your smart speaker to play Locked On Clippers. It works. It's great. If you haven't already, please leave a rating or review over on iTunes or the podcast app, Five Stars. It really helps us out. We mentioned it up top, but we do come at you Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Pacific. We'd love to have you listen. We absolutely would. I have been positive, Chuck Mockler.
1: And I am William the Opinion Updike. And as always, we appreciate you.